Hello and welcome to Dad Educates Daughter, Series 2, Episode 17. I'm Russell and this is Rebecca. Hello, Dad. How are you? Hello. I'm good, thank you. You? Yeah, not bad. So you've had a a bit of a different week this week, music-wise. Very different. So just to uh, recap, you had Art of Noise, Mm -hmm. Break Machine. Yep. Ollie and Jerry, mm-hmm. Fuzzbox, yeah. Run DMC, and Beatmasters. Yeah. Bit of an off week. Bit of an off week. Yeah. Oh, not your kind of music. Well, they weren't like all the same. So I recognise Run DMC, and I didn't say it when you revealed who I was having last week because I didn't want to embarrass myself. But in my head, as soon as she said run, run DMC, a song came in it and I was I knew and I, it was actually the right song with the right artist because you sent me that song. And so then because I knew that, I was like, okay, so these have got to be around the same genre, something similar, but they weren't all like run DMC. So it was a bit the others, yeah, you'll find out anyway. Okay. So how many number ones? That was tricky this week. I didn't want to say none because I really feel like there is one. So I put two. And I think it's come from one DMC, Run DMC and Ollie and Jerry. Okay. There was one number one. Okay. However, it isn't from the 80s. Okay. See, then that makes it hard. I have no idea now because God knows which one. You, like I could say any of them and then... The one that I say might not even have any songs in the 80s. And is it the 70s or the 90s? I want to say it's from the 90s. I feel like some of these go into the 90s based on what I've listened to. Okay, so let's start then. Let's talk music. Yes. Art of noise. They are literally what it says on the boxes, aren't they? They are just noise. <laughs> like... <laughs> listening to them like okay I can deal with noise like you know I can deal with instrumentals we've been there but I don't exactly like it but I can deal with it but waiting waiting there was nothing I was like okay and when you go through the songs like you know when you go through the songs I then say what I thought of each individual song rather than doing it now there's not much I can say about each individual song, which you'll find later find out later, because it's just noise. They are literally the art of noise. And you know what? It takes me back to first series, first episode, Craftwork vibes, where it was just noise and minimal like singing slash talking or whatever. And I'm just thinking. Why were these even a thing? Who was buying? Like, these made it into the hits because you've given them to me. Who was buying these singles to get them into the hits? Like, who was listening to just noise? But then... Can I... Can I can, what, just before we go on, how many songs did you have? Four. The last one made it bearable. Okay. How many do you think of the four got to the top ten? Probably the one with Tom Jones. That's it. Why would any more get there? Three songs of theirs got to the t- inside the top ten. 
what? But <laughs> who just listens to noise? It's like classical music. No offence to anyone that does listen to it, but I just don't get it. Why are you just listening to sound? I could make that on my own. And the worst thing is, you can tell it's electric, so they're just there clicking buttons. It's not even did like real any, noise. Did you did you watch any of the videos? Yes, I watched please, Tom. Please tell me you watched Clothes. No, I watched Peter Gunn. Oh, you need to watch Clothes video. Okay, I watched Peter Gunn. P- Peter Gunn just seems like it's a bit more deeper meaning and goes a bit, I don't know, like it's uh, there's a man in a trench coat, a woman walks in in a red sequin dress and then the police turn up and I'm like, hang on a minute, where's this headed? Like, it could be weird. And it, like, who's Peter Gunn? Is it about this guy? Like, is it a real man? I don't know. Like, because it's just noise, there's it, it, nothing to go off. And then, but yeah, Tom Jones came in and that saved him, having a song with him. But also, why is he doing a song with him? He's better than that. Because they had so many hits. There's four songs. And three of them were top ten. Don't tell me it was the other three that are top ten and then Tom Jones comes in and they're not a top ten. I'm a few then. But yeah. So there's not much to really say about them. They're electric in genre. They've got to be like synth pop, you know, like definitely down that route but yeah they're just the art of noise no one can really take that from them can they okay so art of noise were gary langan engineer engineer and producer there you go jj lexalic programmer <laughs> Anne dudley keyboards trevor horn oh. producer and Paul Morley, producer. So as you can see, it's a, there's not so much, it's not, obviously, as you've already realised, it's just keyboards and, and then it's just mixing, programming, engineer, whatever you want to call them all. But they've got Trevor um, Horn. Yeah. So, mm. so they were formed in 1983 in London. They are a synth pop electronic new wave band group, whatever no, you want just, to call them, really. Um, no, they were inspired people. by... Jean-Michel Jarre, Tony Mansfield, and Yellow, because of their use of the Fairlight synthesizer. They're not influenced by craft work in any way, shape, or form. Um, it, not that I saw, no. Mad. Um, it was um, Jean-Michel Jarre, which is similar kind of music. Um, so, yeah, and Yellow, who were, I suppose, a, uh, a similar but more instrumental craft work right okay so they were formed by langan lexalic and dudley who worked for ztt records for horn and morley so horn horn's record label or his own production company is ztt Mm. records and morley was like his right hand man right and then and um Langan, Lex, Zatlik, and Dudley worked for Morley Stroke Horn. Right, so they were okay. producers, engineers, mixers at ZTT. Right. So um, they were programmers working with ABC and Frankie Goes to Hollywood at the time. 
And the the art of noise came about when the trio were working on the Yes Comeback album, 90125, um, which obviously Trevor Horn was by this time part of. Mm. And after Langan and Lekazalik worked on a non-musical mix of Yes's Owner of a Lonely Heart with a a sampler mix, um, Horn listened to it and loved it and saw the potential of this. He then brought in Morley to develop the project, and it was actually Morley who came up with the noise, uh, with the name Art of Noise. He'd been reading an essay by the futurist Luigi Rissolo, The Art of Noises, and it was then that Lacazalic uh, requested to drop the S, so they become The Art of Noise rather than The Art of Noises. That's literally what they are. That's that's how they come about. Um, so in 1985, Langan, Lexalic, and Dudley actually split from ZTT and oh. obviously at the same time from Horn and Morley to work with Lowell Krem, who was originally with 10CC and Godwin okay. Krem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Morley later commenting that the when um, Trevor Horn and himself left, the group became a novelty group who had hits with the likes of Tom Jones. Oh, so they just made... They were bitter (laughs) because you don't get to work with Tom Jones all the time, but he, um, yeah, called him a novelty act for doing it. I did think it was weird. I was like, what's Tom Jones doing with him? I think it's a, I suppose you could say they were a bit like um, clean, clean bandit of today yeah like Calvin Harris like he's a DJ just produces the music yeah like they just make the music mm. and then someone sings head of their time you could say then because nothing like this really had been about no before. that's true but they should have someone on every track not mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, why are you releasing... And that might be why they split from these TT, because that's what they wanted, and Trevor Horn was quite happy to just go with the the remix of a sound. making making a, Making a song out of a sound. But then Trevor Horn didn't go off and join and just do that, did he? He's been in loads of projects where... Oh, yeah, he was obviously Buggles originally. Yeah. So why... he said yes. Um... Because he was working with Frankie Goes Hollywood and that. They, these were his programmers. They were doing a mix of, as I said, yes, mm. um, owner of a lonely heart. And he liked the mix. However, he obviously wanted to concentrate more on the mix than making music. Because they didn't have, they weren't songwriters, got to think. They were music, they, they'd done music. So they just literally just programmed music and released music. Yeah. Which there was a lot of around at the time. Axel F comes to mind. Howell Fortemar. Um, as I said, Jean-Michel Jarre, there was just, you know, I mean, we've already had one in Vengelis with Chariots of Fire. Yeah, so we have had true. it already. They just done it more synthesized. That was based. what they were. But then I, yeah. um, I just don't think it's a talent. Hmm. I we'll mean, come to, to where mix, they charted in a minute and you can decide. But I will just it, say... And be able to do, like, the programming of it all and, you know, doing the technological part of it that's talented but pushing buttons and just making the noise to begin with not talent I could do that so in 1986 Peter Gunn 
won the band a Grammy. Now, Peeps a Gun, funny enough, you asked, is the theme music composed by Henry Mancini for the television show of the same name. And the song was the opening track on the original soundtrack album, The Music from Peter Gunn, released oh. in 1959. So they took it and then mixed the music because synthesizers weren't abound or not so yeah. much to the degree of these in 1959. They took it done what they did we you know mixed it you know sampled it and come out with what they come out with that one's gonna be a top 10 then because you have all the old people being like oh yeah peter gun i remember that back in my day let's see what they've done with that so um paul morley, morley um he was married to propaganda lead singer claudia buchan buchanan if you remember, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they have uh, two children together, but I couldn't. Yeah. I, the way it sounded was they were married, so I don't think so. They whether are they're now, still together, I couldn't, couldn't um, actually find anything on it, but I don't think right. they are. Okay, so apologies if they are. Um, so the uh, the group, the band, whatever you want to call, I don't know what you call them, they're not a band, there's no <laughs> the producers, no, no instruments. Yeah, they had three top 10 singles and they had two top 30 albums. So in 1984, Who's Afraid of the Art of Noise got to number 27. And in 1986, Invisible Silence. That's not invisible. That's invisible. Oh, okay. It's two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That got to number 18 in the album chart. So do you People think be they weird. got to number one? No. Okay. If they've Let's got the number one, see. can we just cancel this show? 1984, close to the edit, or close to the edit, sorry. Number eight, that got to. Shut up. Right, this is where I can you tell you You need to watch the video with it, because the video is very good with the music. Really is. Okay. Well, I just wrote barely any singing. Okay. 1986, Peter Gunn featuring Dwayne Eddy. So they did have a single on this one. Yeah. Uh, got to number eight. Okay. Well, I noticed there was a bit of a singer, but because I was like, okay, we're just listening to sounds, I was like, right, this one's a bit of a darker sound. Can't really explain that. But like, you know, creepier sounding than close. close. Uh, 1986, Paranormia. 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 Yeah. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, that got to number 12, so just outside. Who's buying these? That one was just Karma Noise with minimal singing. My bad. Okay. And then 1988, Kiss featuring Tom Jones got two. So you know it's a top ten. Mm. In the top five. Okay. It got to number five. Okay, that's fine. That was my favourite, but the Tom Jones is the only reason that like, I recognised it. And it's Tom Jones, so I liked it. Okay. Moving on then, because I'm getting the vibes that that wasn't, that's not a hit, but we'll find out later. Mm -hmm. It's just a vibe. But I'd just like to point out they had four top 20 mm -hmm. singles, two, three of them in the top 10, the other one just outside at number 12. Not too bad. Dad. Uh, for just a Dad. synthesizer keyboard. 
band. Let's <laughs> let's noise. you're taking the mick out of what I'm saying. <laughs> Do you like them? Did you buy them? Um, no. Right then. <laughs> I, I do like, as I'll keep saying it, I do like the video for clothes, or close, okay. whatever way you want to say. So, yeah. <laughs> um, we'll move on then to Break Machine. So, yeah. uh, what were your thoughts on Break Machine? Um, well, I didn't have any high, high expectations after the art of noise, so anything was okay. <laughs> um, we've just gone very electric, but I think these have got a little hint of like hip hop in there. Um, especially based on, you know, they've got a song called Street Dance and one called Break Dance Party. They're a trio. And watching then the videos, I watched Street Dance. That has like the early onset of break dancing and street dancing with the cardboard on the floor and they're doing stuff that I would never be able to imagine of doing, but it's amazing. And I watched Are You Ready? And in both videos that, you know, I think they're a trio, but they've got matching outfits. And one thing that I forget about the 80s is you lot, I don't know if you ever did, or I don't know if it was just like celebrities, but you wore like sweatbands as a normal thing. Did you wear it just because? Yeah. So why was that a fashion? Because I think it was a fashion because tennis was big in those days with John McEnroe and Bjorn Borg. And Bjorn Borg was always known for his sweatbands. And, he mm. was like, and that, that's, well, that's what I have it from. But a lot of musicians wore them yeah. as well. And like, um, so when I see them, and, even like, oh, and yeah. footballers wore them. Footballers. I had Wimbledon ones, um, which John Fashion actually wore in matches. Oh, wow. Okay. Ooh. So they were a thing. That they were like, the, it, was, it was like the fashion. That, it was a myth that obviously they, you know, they keep your sweat off and they, probably didn't really no, do what they said minging. on the tin sort of thing but no. yeah i i did own some sweatbands i might still have them in the loft somewhere um, if Wimbledon, you but, um they were <laughs> I, I i would associate them more with tennis i think that's where they actually come from yeah musicians warm as well they did but I, I don't know i just associate them with beyond borg had the wrist ones um i think he might have had a head yeah i think he did have a head one as well but definitely john mackimo had a one around his head yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, these had them, like in the "Are You Ready" video, and I was just oh. like, "This must be a thing in the '80s." But yeah, they yeah. were all matching, and the "Are You Ready" one, it was like a live performance, but you can tell they're like they're they're a group, they're not a band, because the main focus is on their dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I said, I went for electric with a little bit of hip hop in there. Okay, so Break Machine was fronted by Keith Rogers, who was a presenter on a rap radio show. Oh. So, yeah, a bit different. And producers Jax Morali and Henry Bellob, who were behind The Village People. Why have I heard of The Village People? YMCA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, so they were formed in 1983 in New York, and they are... A- Hip hop, just hip hop. Well, it sounded just like hip-hop. they had a bit more, bit of a synth in there. Just hip hop. So, French producers uh, Morali and Bellolo Bellolo were looking for new styles of music after the decline of disco, and were brought to the attention of Keith Rogers via his radio show. Hence, as I said at the beginning, even being a rap radio presenter. 
Um, they then drafted in Frank Czar to help write a song, because they obviously weren't songwriters. And Street Dance was created and not only became an international hit, but is seen as one of the earliest mainstream breakthroughs of hip hop. Uh, I thought they were like in the street dance video. I put early street dance in. Like I thought it was quite because that's not something that you would find in the eighties either. Like that was like you know back end or early nineties. So I thought they must be one of the first to be doing this. Yeah. Um, other than that, there's not much to say about them really. Okay. They weren't around for long. <laughs> um, oh. So that was pretty much it. So when did they? When did they disband? Uh, disband. Um, well, that, they have never actually disbanded. Oh, okay. They but just they never stopped. actually bought any more songs out either, other than the ones you've had, ah. which are all from 1984, as you'll find out in a minute. Oh. Um, so it does still say they're present. They're just not... Active. Active or they're not mainstream, I suppose. Mm. I don't, you know. Um, so they had two top 10 singles. Right. And they had one top 20 album, which was in 1984, Break Machine, number 17. Oh, okay. It's just odd that they wouldn't, like, carry it on. Yeah. So they might have just gone into producing and that and doing back the, mm. the work behind the scenes. But considering they um, were, like, in 1984, they were doing stuff that then this was stuff actually that happened. Never really, I mean, it was obviously around because... Keith Rogers had a radio show on that. Yeah. Week. It certainly but wasn't it was like more underground internationally. It. it was more it was underground. Yeah, happening and happening probably more in America. Definitely. But what um, I mean so. is when it then became international with rap, with hip hop, with like break dancing, like even what they were doing in their videos, what they were doing on their live performances with their dancing and how they even were, let alone what they were the music they were making, that actually became like a big thing in the 90s. So it, it just baffles me as to why they wouldn't carry it on. And, you know, mm. when it was bigger, they could have got bigger. Maybe they didn't want to, but maybe they just had their fun and that was the end of it. Like, we don't know. But, yeah, yeah just it's kind of a bit baffling why they didn't carry on when it actually right. became well, a thing. Well, even more so, because as you'll find out, when I obviously say where a street dance got in a chart, but... Um, it was the 39th best-selling single of that year. That's amazing. It hit number globally. One, globally, it hit number one in Sweden and Norway. Wow. In Germany, it was the 78th best-selling single of 1984. Um, it charted at number 11 in Italy. Um, in France, the song reached number one for two weeks selling over a million copies and becoming the 86th best-selling single of all time. Um, and in Norway, it stayed at number one for five weeks. And we're talking about music that wasn't known. That's what I mean. Like, it weren't a big thing. No. And obviously, everyone, because it was different, people, people were intrigued, I guess. All into it. Yeah. So how did it do in the UK? Is it our number one? Hmm. Let's find out. So, 1984, Street Dance. 
by Break Machine was a top 10 hit. Okay. It was in the top five. Okay. It was in the top three. Go on. 1984, Street Dance peaked in the UK charts at number three. Oh, okay. You like a build-up, don't you, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> well, Street Dance uh, was repetitive, but I like the chorus. Uh-huh. 1984 again, Break Dance Party, top ten hit, number nine. Okay. There wasn't much. There wasn't as much body to that, but... The more I listened to it, it was catchy. So I feel like that's a like more as a listen more type one. Sure. And in 1984, Are You Ready? Number 27. That was my favourite, you know. Yeah. Bit more of a mover. Uh-huh. Okay. Moving on then to Ollie and Jerry. Yes. Well, I've got a question. So I've got two songs from it. Yeah. And I feel like, are they both from some sort of film or TV show? Because it's like they're from a soundtrack. So Breaking, There's No Stopping Us Now, on Spotify, it says from, and in quotes, Breaking, original soundtrack. And I was like, okay. And then Electric Boot. Boogaloo, I couldn't find on Spotify, so I just found it on YouTube. And again, there was something to talk, like something saying about breaking. And I was like, what is this? So was breaking anything like... So breaking was the film. So they were basically, their two hits are from a film, which is why I've put these as a number one when I originally said two, because in my head I was like, well, they might have a number one if I'm right with it being from a film or something. Um, but yeah, I weren't, I weren't too sure of what I asked. They, um, were, they, the other, they didn't have, um, they had a few songs on the um, album, the soundtrack. They had Breaking, There's No Stopping Us. They had Showdown. And Ollie Brown also had Street People, but not with not with Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> okay, yeah, they just and I couldn't really find anything else. Like when you know, like because there was only two, I put it in Spotify, and they've got no discogra- discography, and they're discography. literally yeah, and on their popular songs, they've not even got five; they've got two, and it's just two different versions. Or breaking, there's no stopping us. So I was like, okay. okay, can't listen to anymore. So I was a bit like, right, these are a bit odd. Um, I watched Electric Boogaloo because I had to find it on YouTube anyway. So I thought out the two, let's just watch this one. Um, th- there's not many, really, but again, they've got the sweatbands. So that's what made me ask. Um, they walk on the ceiling. And I was like, okay. They look like they have flash dancers, like to dance to the song, um, and they have a little play with animation. But I couldn't tell you when watching the video. I couldn't tell you that's a person in the band or not. Okay. Like, so I don't know how many there are in there or anything. And I went with a rock, pop, electric. Okay. Vibe. So Ollie and Jerry is Ollie and Jerry. So you got Ollie E. Brown, the drummer, and Jerry Knight, the singer and bassist. Okay. Okay. 
They were formed in 1984 in Los Angeles, California, and they are a dance pop R&B duo. Oh, I didn't think about R&B. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, So Ollie and Jerry are widely seen as one-hit wonders. As their single, Breaking, There's No Stopping Us, became a top 10 hit in the US and around and into around the globe, really. Um, oh, okay. In Europe. Their follow-up single, however, Electric Boogaloo, failed to repeat the success, and the duo were split by 1985. So they formed in 1984. They had two singles and split by 1985. Oh, so they really are one-hit wonder then. With no studio album ever released so that makes sense why spotify doesn't have anything barred the, just the breaking there's no stopping yeah. us and i guess it explains why electric boogaloo wasn't in on spotify because if yeah. it was a flop maybe it just didn't bother yeah. the rights to it so they had one top 10 single which will be breaking yeah so 1984 breaking there's no stopping us now got to number five do you know what? I swear it sounds like there's a woman singing, thinking back, or maybe one of them just has more of a feminine voice, but there was different harmonies in it, so I liked how... Mm. Um, and then 1985, Electric Boogaloo, number 57. Well, that one was my favourite out of the two. Had a nice catchy chorus. I enjoyed that one. Uh-huh. So, moving on to Fuzzbox. Fuzzbox, which in my head I keep saying Fusebox. <laughs> it's not Fusebox. <laughs> um, but, so I think they're four-piece. And straight off, this, even just playing the first one, Rules and Regulations, complete change to what I've listened to in the first half already this week. They, I watched two videos so I watched Rules and Regulations, and God, that was a scary video to watch. Have you ever watched that video? No, I've not. They're very eccentric, very colourful, uh-huh. like, and I could I thought it was all women until I watched Pink Sunshine, and I worked out it was two women and two men. But in Rules and Regulations, it looked like they're all women. Like, they are all it, women. Why did it look like there was two men in Pink Sunshine? <laughs> Okay, well, they are all women then. Who on earth was on the drums in Pink Sunshine then? So very mad. I shall, I shall read through. So, Fuzzbox were Vicky Perks or Vix as the vocalist, lead singer. Okay. Maggie yeah. June, Mags on keyboard and bass. Joe Dunn, June, sorry, Maggie's sister on guitar. And Tina O'Neill on drums. Well, I do apologise. You could tell they're women in the first one, but in Pink Sunshine, I couldn't tell. But what I was trying to get at is they're very eccentric and colourful in rules and regulations. Like they've got mohawks, they've got harsh makeup, heavy makeup. And then in Pink Sunshine, you can tell they've grown up. You know, their hair is flowy. Like they've they've matured as women. There's just a lot of balloons in it as well. I know why there was men. There was men in the video in the balloons. Oh, right. That's why. 
As soon as I said balloons, I was like, that's where I'm picturing then. Okay. So they were formed in 1985 in Birmingham and they are an alternative rock band. Okay, I went for electro rock. I just felt like it was a very electronic week. Uh-huh. That's what I got. So the all-female quartet are officially known as We've Got a Fuzz Box and We're Going to Use It. Oh, so that's their actual name. That's their actual name. Why? Um, now, a fuzz box, I had to look it up, I'll be honest, I don't know this, but a fuzz box is a device used to add a distorted buzzing noise to an electric guitar and came about after the group bought a distortion pedal. So I suppose you'd have it connected into your bass. And you, and, yeah. And, um, thing. and um, Maggie stated, we've got a fuzz box and we're going to use it. Oh, and that's and then that's how their name became. They go obviously went, love that. Let's we call ourselves that. How random. However, the name was shortened to Fuzzbox following the US release of their first album. Right. People pe- but it's probably because people saw it and just probably went, oh yeah, they're them fuzzbox people and just refer to him as that like, why would you yeah. say the whole name like you're a musician needs to be to the point not a whole sentence yes so the group had disbanded in 1990 not long after their second studio album which was oh, released okay. in 1989 um, and peaked at number five in august 89 in the uk so obviously if, I suppose if you could, haven't got any more songs to write, you, mm. you know, or might have been something going on behind the scenes, we don't know. Yeah, but yeah had a had a good um, second album, and mm. um, but then for some reason disbanded. Um, however, the band reformed in 2010, but without the drummer Tina O'Neill. Right. Uh, with the cover of um, the M track Pop Music. It didn't do anything. Oh, okay. it. Um, but yeah, they, they reformed and they've done a cover of uh, pop music by M. Joe Dunn, the guitarist, died in October 2012, aged 43 from cancer. Oh. And sister stroke band member Maggie um, said of Joe is that she was one of the very few female guitarists in this country. Um, that had had any recognition and success, and I'm very proud of her. Oh, so that's nice. So they didn't um, end on when like you look bad back, terms. There anything. isn't a lot of guitarists in women that were that I can think of off the top of my head. No, I wouldn't have a clue. Well, um, if you can't, I've got no hope. Well, I'm just trying to think when we've been what we've been going through. There isn't. No, I don't, I don't think of really any women. That no, are I guitarists. can't. So, in a sense, that's very much another breakthrough. So mm, we've had like a legacy hip hop breakthrough. Yeah, we've had electronic soundtrack breakthrough. Although you could say Ben mm. Gellis had already done it with Chariots of Fire, and now we've got a female guitarist breakthrough. In a sense, not a bad week, then, really, is it? So, no. 
and you've still got more to come. Mm. What else you throwing at me? They had two top 20 singles mm. and they had one top 10 album, which I've already mentioned, got to number five. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as their singles, 1986 Rules and Regulations, which was actually an EP. Okay. That got to number 41. So oh. just outside. Well, I quite which, um, like isn't bad because people wouldn't have heard of them by then at that time, really. No, so that's not so, bad going. No. Um, but that was fast paced. Like I've already said, they changed it up. But it was yeah. quite repetitive. It was quite simple. Sure. 1986, Love is a Slug, number 31. Okay. No idea what they're saying in it, and it's got a very weird name. Uh, okay. <laughs> 1989, International Rescue, my favourite, and I did actually, I have, well, I didn't, I, I have, I do own it. Okay. And that got to number 11. Mm, not bad. That one, it's hard to explain that one. Like, it was more in the background, but I also, like, noticed it, you know, like, I heard what was going on. So I think that one might be a more a listen to, more I get to like kind of thing. Sure. Okay. 1989, Pink Sunshine, number 14. That was my favourite. It's a lot calmer. It's more sting, a lot like that one. Like, I really got into that one. That was my favourite. Sure. And in 1989, Self, number 24. Like the harmonies in that one. Just like like the whole, the whole thing. Like, that was a near favourite. Uh-huh. Like, I enjoyed their later stuff which is why i think international rescue will be one that i am listen more and like more okay so yeah just just missing out on the top 10 with two tracks there number 11 and number 14 uh so moving on then to the group you knew of or the Mm. band you knew of run dmc yes so straight in there with hip-hop and rap and I feel like they're underrated in their genre. I feel like, and also I thought Run DMC were a 90s band. Didn't have a clue they were from the 80s, but for me to know them, that's why I'd also issue 90s. Well, they're not a band, they're just a duo, aren't they? They're just a group. But yeah, I feel like they're underrated. Like no one really speaks of Run DMC, yet they are like the early rapping, I'd say. Like they've come from you know it like in the 80s now i know they're from the 80s you know it's not where you'd get this type of music for men so i feel like it's quite they're, they're, they're underrated in that they do simple rap though you know like it's not like anything too much it's very to the point repetitive but it's catchy what they do um again there's break dancing in their videos i feel like they've come and they've taken to the streets and um, with it's like that you had women on one side men on the other and they were listening it was like they were having like a dance off and then it would flash to the two guys that are in run dmc and um, their first hit though was with aerosmith and i really like the video for that one because it's like the two bands are competing like they're on either side of a wall and yeah it's like they're competing not like in a battle of a bands type thing but in a, they're both doing a performance to their own fans and they keep overhearing each other. And then it's tricky. It had like a whole beginning of the video with a story. But I didn't 
I don't know, it, it didn't like make sense. I was like, what's going on here? Like, how's this linked to the song? But it must just be, you know, when they do, when bands do it to be memorable rather than yeah. it link. So it must just be something like that. But yeah, it was nice to hear other songs that I hadn't heard from Run DMC as well. Okay. So Run DMC, where Joseph Simmons... Daryl McDaniels and Jason Mizzle. There's three they of them? Formed, three of them, yeah. They were it. formed in 1983 in Hollis, Queens, New York City. Yeah. And they are hip-hop. Not in the rap genre. No? So Run DMC is seen as one of the most famous hip-hop acts of the 1980s who along with the Beastie Boys Public Enemy and LL Cool pioneered hip-hop music with Run DMC being one of the first groups to highlight the importance of the MC and DJ relationship MC funny enough being rapping so they incorporate rapping in the hip-hop but okay. they're more seen as hip-hop. Hip-hop, yeah. In 2004, music mag Rolling Stone listed Run DMC at number 48 of the all-time 100 greatest artists. Oh, that's good. In 2007, the group were named the greatest hip-hop group of all time by MTV. That's the greatest hip-hop group. And the greatest hip hop artist of all time by VH1. Oh, <laughs> why? Why two so, different names? Okay, because they wanted to not be the same. I not guess. be the same. One call them a group, <laughs> and the other called them an artist. But yeah, uh, so they weren't that underrated. Uh, maybe that. Maybe I'm just thinking that underrated in my time. Whereas so, in your yeah. time, they must have been quite big. In 2009, they were the second hip-hop group after Grandmaster Flash Flash and the Furious Five to be inducted into the Rock and Roll. (laughs) We've not had that for a while. (laughs) How are they in the Rock and Roll of Fame? There you go. But um, as I say, they were second because Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five were inducted in 2007, two years previous. Mm -hmm. And then in 2016... The group received the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, so that has me like they're underrated. They're not. They've done some bits, haven't they? They've done some awful bits. If you they've done some up, awful bits. Well, it's not just the music side. Oh, God, what have they done? They had fashion. Oh. T-shirts. Trainers. Oh. Run DMC on them. So they were like a brand. They were exactly that. Wow. Yes. Daniel, so Daniels, so just a bit of background. Daniels uh, was known as DMC right. after his favorite car company, DeLorean Motor Company. <laughs> okay. While Simmons was known as DJ Run. Oh, so that's where their name comes from. But there's so three of them, the so together, they only... Run DMC. 
as I said, they were the first to incorporate an MC and a DJ relationship. So the duo got into hip hop thanks to Simmons' elder brother, Russell, who was an up and coming hip hop promoter. And Jay Mizzle joined the, the duo as he was the meant to be the up and coming jam master. He was okay. known as Jam Master Jay. I swear I've only ever known these as two people. And even in the videos, I didn't see a third one. Ah, yeah, in the videos, I did not see three people. So the group signed for Profile Records and come into, I suppose, the commercial success then. Mm. Which then and is where their brand comes from. They then had their own dress style. So they had Kango hats. What's one of them? Kango. Um, Kango, which is a brand. Oh, um, okay. It's not a type of hat. It's not like a type of hat. No, it's it's a it's a well, it is a type of hat as well. It, well, it is a type of hat, but it's hard to. Um... Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they have Kango hats. Um, they had leather jackets and they had unlaced Adidas shoes. Unlaced. The reason they were unlaced is obviously they come from the streets of New York where it wasn't obviously very rich. Um, in fact, Jason Middle, before he got in with the group, was actually quite a bad boy um, oh. and got into a lot of trouble. And obviously joining them helped keep him off the streets and what have you. So, yeah. Now, they saw it as a very street thing to wear, as was seen as extremely rough, as the reason behind having no shoelaces comes from the people couldn't wear shoelaces in jail. Um, hey. And they took that as a fashion statement. So in other words, they mixed with people who'd been to jail and obviously were used to just wearing shoes with no shoelaces. Yeah. Rather than that being seen as a bad thing, they made it a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they made it, it theirs. Yeah. Um, but the best thing is that Adidas then actually bought out a shoe. You can with, still buy those. There you go. Run DMC. That's mad. On it. Mm. Did you ever have a pair? No, I didn't, no. Oh, so you had the sweatbands, but not the Run DMC. Yeah. So that is now seen as the look and style of street hip hop and has been the case for the last 25 years. Yeah, that's true. When you think about what this style else... was later continued in the 90s by pop rappers MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. They are similar with the clothing, aren't they? Yeah, I can picture it now, especially with like... Often they haven't got the Kangol hat. That is one DMC. Mm. But people wore like... People wore hats, like bucket hats. Yeah. Just, yeah. So there was still hats going on, just not the same. So Adidas have a range of superstar trainers called one DMC. And there was a range of T-shirts... And tracksuits too. I know these. So I, I have, as soon as you showed me, the dad showed me a picture of the Run DMC shoes. As soon as you showed me them, I was like, I've seen them before. And then like, I looked it up 
like if you type in run dmc adidas shoes you can still buy them Eighty-five, eighty-five quid. Uh-huh. If you want any. So I don't know if you can still buy the tracksuit and t-shirts, but there you go. Um, in 1986, the group released the single "My Adidas." Oh. It only reached number 62 in the UK, though. However, um, hence why you never listen to it. Right. Okay. So they did actually release a song in recognition to adidas so, so adidas recognized run dmc and then run dmc recognized adidas with a song so quite not really recognizing is it though adidas well, are like right you guys are big you guys can sell our products oh yeah there's your been name a lot on. Of and then they were course. like okay let's let you know but, and they did money out of it as well because of using their names so, exactly yeah, yeah. Um, in 1997, producer and remixer Jason Nevis remixed It's Tricky and It's Like That, although no new footage of Run DMC feature in the video. So all he's done is mixed it. He's oh. done what Art of Noise Did were with. doing in 1984. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing it in 1997. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get through. Like the pioneer of it is... They are of noise. You're saying it's just a noise, and it was, because they were just doing it with music, where obviously they didn't have the equipment back then to probably, or I'm saying they didn't. I'm guessing they didn't, or if it was around, it cost a lot and what have you. Obviously, by the time of 1997, when Jason Nevis, who's a remixer, producer, which is exactly what Art of Noise were, Mm. he remixed... It's tricky and it's like that um, without needing run DMC in the studio or anything like that. Oh, yeah, but that's because you can have access to master copies and whatnot. If you get the rights and then, you know, you can read like people do remixes all the time now. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is when Art of Noise were doing it. They had to make it kind of make the sound from scratch. It wasn't a... You know, they weren't working with the equipment that you've got now. Yeah, yeah, They would yeah, have been yeah. working with tape-to-tape decks and, you know, things like that. Totally mm-hmm. different to probably the, what you've got. So, um, so yeah, so he he then um, released it, released those remixes. But as I say, Run DMC had nothing to do with when in the video, nothing. Okay. Um, in 2002, Jason Mizzle was shot and killed in his recording studio in Queens. What? With his murder remaining unsolved until 2020. Why does that not shock um, me? When two men were arrested for the murder. That doesn't shock me. Yeah. They're still murders unsolved. Fans and friends set up a memorial outside the studio with flowers, albums and Adidas (laughs) trainers. Merchandise. (laughs) Yes. Simmons and Daniels announced the official disbanding of the group following Mizzle's murder. I mean, out of respect, I guess. Yeah. Um, So they had four top 20 singles and two top 20 albums. Uh, They had 1988's Tougher Than Leather at number 13, and 2003, their greatest hits album got to number 15. Okay. I would say they were bigger in America than they were yeah, probably. here, where they probably were, would have probably had much bigger hits. Um, but as far as over here goes, 
number one, which you go, are you going for them having a number one? Yeah, said out these had a number one. Okay, uh, who and where? What? Which song? Um, it's tricky. Or Rum's it's house. Okay. It's tricky. It's tricky. Okay. Nineteen eighty-six. Walk this way. Got to number eight. Okay, not surprised. Also, I think that's been covered. Pretty sure. I forgot to look it up, but like I had it in my head that I've heard it elsewhere, like with other people. All right. Um, Girls Aloud Uh and Sugar Babes did it. All right. Okay. I thought it was there in my head, but yeah. 1987, Ubi Ilin, number 42. Oh, really? Okay, it was very relaxed. Like I just feel like they were comfortable. They just like you know they're just talented at what they do. No idea uh-huh. what they were really saying or rapping about, but it, uh-huh. you know it was they were comfortable. I liked it, so I'm quite shocked it's peaked that okay. high. Nineteen eighty, no, sorry, nineteen eighty-seven. It's tricky. Number sixteen. Okay, as soon as you said you'd be ill in was like 42 and I was like it's tricky can't be the number one they wouldn't have just gone and gone straight in at number one after getting an outsider um but I recognize it I feel like it's an iconic one like you just know you know it it was probably like the first rap that I heard I want to say which is why I thought these were 90s but I must have been listening to a bit of run DMC 1988 runs house Number 37. Really? That was my favourite. Wow, my favourite. They're, they're a lot clearer. I feel like it's, I don't know, like they they know what they're doing. Like they're talented, but they know what they're doing and they've got their lyrics down now and they can just have fun with it. Now, I did say the number one was outside of the 80s. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't even think so, about that when you asked me. Like, it goes in chronological order. So here we go. 1990. Mm. What's it all about? I don't think it's this one. Got to number 48. Yeah. <laughs> that high. Wow. Yeah. It is a more in the background song. Like, it's just, it's quiet. There's more focus on the music rather than them. Uh-huh. So it, it was just kind of like, oh, what are you doing this for? Like, you're talented people. Get your voices out there. So it was a bit of a weird change. So I can, yeah. 1998. It's like one. that. Going to be this one now. Um, DMC versus Jason Nevis, because obviously it was a remix. Got to number one. Yeah. Yeah. That one. I recognise that one as well. That gets uh-huh. you, like, tapping along and... Because you can't really sing along, but you know they're they're like head boppers, aren't they? Yeah. However, the it's tricky. Yeah. Also, Run DMC versus Jason Nevis that charted in 1998 at number 74. Stop. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. tricky. It's such like a well-known song. There you go. Yeah. That's mad. Um, now on the back of that. 
obviously run DMC suddenly come into a bit more, you know, you've been number one, obviously. Then people yeah, people talk about, yeah. Um, so in 2003, um, they re-released Walk This Way. That got to number 80. Ben mind, it got to number eight in 86. And they also re-released It's Tricky. Again. Now it got to number 16. Yeah. Obviously the remix only got to 74. Their re-release in 2003 got to number 20. Okay, not bad. And like I say, Walk This Way has been covered. I knew it was Girls yeah. Aloud. Well, the Walk This Way was also, was actually a uh, double A with It's oh. Like This. Because obviously oh, it's like okay. this, it got to number one. So they released yeah. it as a double A with It's Like This. To push it a bit more. But as I say, it only got to number 80. So it wasn't that great. Uh, but the um, the It's Tricky re-release did do much better. Oh, I am quite shocked, though, because I thought they were bigger than that. As I say, though, like we've seen with a lot of American groups, they do better. They're more there. bigger over here for their bigger hits, but for yeah, the rest of it, it's, it's they more, hit over there, you know. And I think in America, as, as we've also said, because it's such a big country, you can literally have this corner of America's country and Western, this corner's pop, this corner's Rock. rap, this, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and they have all know, their different it, charts as well, don't they? So, yeah. And a corner yes. of America isn't like Cornwall here. It's, no, it's, it, it makes a massive difference. Just like the size of England if that, itself. If that, if that corner of America likes your type of music and your success, you're good at it, you'll probably be successful. Yeah. You might not be successful in the whole of America, but you'll still be as seen as very successful as far as in UK and that go because you you're as you're, you're probably being pushed as a bit records more. as you would in Europe. Well, it's like that because America is so big. Yeah, a state of America can be as big as our country. So. Exactly. So yeah. Okay, moving on to the Beatmasters. Yeah. What did you think of them? They don't stick to one sound really. They're a bit hit and miss. So the genre was hard. I went for like hip hop. I thought maybe this half is hip hop bit of rap but they've got a song called scar train so i was like are they in the scar genre as well can't fully remember what that sounds like but i went for it because of the name um i just feel like they're a bit old just just to remind you scar is madness um it's specials it's selector they can't be english beat yeah they can't be then but they've got the only reason i went for it is because they've got a song called scar train so i was like Let's pop that in. And because they don't stick to one sound, they might have had a hint in it that I can't recognise properly. Do you know what I mean? And they seem to have a lot of features. So, like, the song is Beatmasters featuring. Beatmasters featuring. So I was like, are they a bit like Art of Noise where they're producing the music, but they're not like Art of Noise because they've actually got people singing? Okay. So... Yeah, and their videos didn't really give me much either. I watched the first one and the last one to see if they changed. So Rock the House, it was just like the screen split in four and each four corners were playing exactly the same thing, but it was like different clips. So it was like Mickey Mouse in there and then a bit of the news. And I was like, is there a deeper meaning to this song? Like to be having these clips, does it link? Couldn't work anything out. And then Don't Know What It Is About You was just a focus on a woman and I think that she was the woman who featured on it not 100% sure but it was literally just her with lighting okay. around her so there weren't really much 
from them. So Beatmasters are Manda Glanfield, songwriter and producer. Okay. Paul Carter, songwriter and producer. Okay, they're going like the art noise. Richard Wormsley, songwriter <laughs> and producer. Okay. And Pete Brazier. Guess what? Is he a songwriter and producer? He is indeed. Hey. <laughs> they were formed in 1986 in London and they are house, hip house, dance pop. Why didn't I think of house? House, yeah, now you said that, I'm like, oh my God, yeah. Especially like that early ones, like rock the house, so, burn it up, they're very We've healthy. had kind of pioneers of mixing music. Well, I'd say oh. kind I'd, of, they I'd, were. I'd say they are. Ben Gellis didn't mix music. They just made music, I suppose, like you said, classical music. Whereas yeah. Art of Noise put it into a synthesizer and, and mixed it. Made something so, like, yeah. So they were pioneers of mixing music. Mm -hmm. We've had... Early um, hip-hop. Hip-hop breakthrough yeah. with um, Break Machine. Mm -hmm. They were the early, so they were pioneers in a sense. They weren't, oh. I say pioneers, globally, they, internationally. They started they, they it off. On the, on the thing. It was always around in America. As I say, that the person that was to do with Beat Mars, with um, Break Machine, was a radio DJ of rap, rap music. Yeah. Um, but they put it out more globally, mm. uh, more commercially. Um we had Fuzzbox with um, a pioneer, probably with of a, the a woman playing the guitar. Yeah. Um, we've had Run DMC, who pioneered the DJ and an MC yeah, together, as well as um, getting their own music, their own brand. Right. Oh yeah. Out as well, um, which you know, sort of known. That weren't Hollywood, really Hollywood done it, but mm, I think Run DMC not to the, same to the next level. <laughs> no. And now we've got Beatmasters. Who were the, or as beatmasters, are seen as pioneers of house music, with Rock the House seen as one of the earliest examples of hip house and seen as the first song of the genre, with hip house being a subgenre of house music. Ah, wow. It's been so a pioneering so week. It's been a pioneering week, yes, it has indeed. So Beatmasters are seen as house music equivalent to Pops, Stock Aitken and Waterman. Oh. So Stock so Aitken and Waterman were the big pop mm -hmm. and pretty much had a number one like, every week, you know. Um, with and then Kanye they went on with Dero. Jason and yeah, yeah. Banana Rama and what have you. Yeah. Beatmasters were seen as, as the equivalent for house music. Although the Beatmasters always say that they interesting the pop side anyway they just concentrated on what they'd done and they had their they just saw rather than stock Aitken and waterman of being a rival because they didn't see them they, they weren't that, doing that the same anyway, thing well. they actually saw their rivals as the producers cold cut as their major competitor although cold cut we haven't come across yet because no. they were a bit later on to be honest right. hence why beat masters are seen as the pioneers yeah, because then you add the they're on their own for a bit. But you know, S Express and um, Cold Cut and and so on. So Beatmasters were signed to the record label River McKing, who also had Bomb the Bass, who were another 
another one, and S Express on their books. So they were the label to go through. They, they were obviously concentrating on house music. Right, yeah. They knew what they wanted to do. So, yeah. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they specialised in that generally. Yeah, yeah. Beatmasters have since written, produced and remixed for the following. Mark Almond. Ooh. Pet Shop Boys. Blur. Roachford. Betty Boo. Aswad. Eternal. Tina Turner, David Bowie, Depeche Mode, Girls Allowed, and Moby. Wow, so they got some big names in there. Big when they went. So got in, they got house music, got into that. Obviously, house music didn't really last long, really. It was was only beginning of the 90s, and then it it was gone. Um, but they carried on as far as their as they yeah, still their skills of their producing um, yeah. in remixes and what have you with other bands. That's quite cool, though. So, yeah, like they kind of carried on. They didn't just drop. And drop they it. still, to this day, continue to pro- uh, okay, produce. I was going to ask. Not, not, but they, they do it. I mean, if you listen, if you they don't just do it for one genre. They so they continue uh-huh. to produce dance, pop, and rock music. I mean, when you're talented and you know what you're doing, you can, you know, I can't think of the word, but like alter and flow between and help people out. And, you know, if people have a vision, they can help bring it to life, I guess. That's quite, you know, it is a talent. I'd like producing, you know, I don't agree with the art of noise, just pushing buttons, but these, they're obviously talented and people obviously call them up and they've helped produce like you say, like with their rivals, they were a pioneer and that's obviously stuck by them. Sure. So they had three top 10 singles, mm-hmm. one top 30 album with 1989's Any Way You Wanna getting to number 30 okay. in the album chart. So the Beatmasters. Mm-hmm. 1987, Rock the House featuring the Cookie Crew. Mm-hmm. Got to number 79. Stop, really? But you've got to remember, no one had heard this music. Oh, yeah, before. that's true. Well, that was my favourite. It's fast-paced, get well, you moving. it was re-released in 1988. Right. So by this time, Essex... People Express are coming in and, and what have you. You've heard it more. It got to number five. Oh, okay, okay. So it was just more they were ahead of themselves they were ahead of the time and people yeah. couldn't you know well couldn't fathom understand what, it was what they were coming you know whereas i suppose with um breakmaster um and their breakthrough street dance sorry break machine break machine and their their breakthrough street dance doing really well straight away getting to number three and it done well across the globe as i say it was number one in norway for what was it five weeks yeah um number one in France for two weeks and what have you. The Beatmasters were obviously total different level as far as house music. No one had heard house music. Mm. No one. But these guys, where did you say they're from? They're British, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then you've got to think about... Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, London. Yeah. So you've also got to think about these are doing something that no one's ever heard of and they're in England where it's not able to be as pushed, like you've not got that wide, like we always talk about, the variety of different places you can go and someone might enjoy it. So they had a hard time. As I said already, I mean, I'm I'm sure it's starting to change the the landscape now from the early 80s where you had to get on top of the pops to have a chance of breaking in or, Mm. you know, getting your scene. But you couldn't get on top of the pops until you was inside the top 40. So you had to get onto the top, inside the top 40. So it was very hard. And then obviously MTV came along, video music made it so much easier. And that's why I think 80s did have that great, arrangement of music because there was just, of mtv yeah and then by the late 80s you're then getting the hip-hop the rap um house music they're coming, coming out of that now as well yeah they're coming because out of people the, are looking for something different because you've yeah. got the kids now that are born mid 80s that are getting into music but don't want to listen to what people were listening to yeah they were born in the early 80s i.e synth pop Sophisticated mm. pop, disco. I've already said, you know, um, they were the the people behind. Was it Break Machine? Um, were looking for something different. Yeah. So Morali and Bellolo were looking for new styles of music because of the decline in disco music. Mm. So they were looking for something else. Yeah. Um, and I suppose house music was again something different that had been underground house. I mean, it's called house music because of house parties. Yeah, but it's yeah, associated so. with drugs, you know, or not speed and all that. It, yeah. the ecstasy, the, the, the raving. Yeah, he raves and that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so um, rock the house when it was first released, as I say, featuring the Cookie Crew, number seventy nine. But then by eighty eight, and we had the S Express, which was the seen as by a lot of people as the the head front of house music mm. even though Beatmasters were they did it first ahead. but yeah um they re-released it and this time in 1988 got to number five okay well like I say that um, was my favorite 1988 still burn it up I must confess I went out and I bought this on vinyl and I have I do still have it I looked out the other day got to number 14 okay well that one wasn't a bad one it was karma though which is why I was like, they don't stick to one sound. Like they kind yeah. of change, change it up a bit. And this one was just calmer, more of a focus on the singing more than Rock the House. 1989, Who's in the House? Number eight. Very repetitive, this one. Uh-huh. But that's not a bad place in. 1989, Hey DJ, I Can't Dance to That Music, featuring Betty Boo. Um, was a double A with, as you've already said, Scar Train. And that got to number 17. Oh, I thought, hey, DJ, I can't dance to that music, was two different... Well, on Spotify, it's hey, DJ, slash, I can't dance to that music. So I thought they were a double A. Maybe Spotify just a bit weird. So I was like, double A side. And then when you're like... It is a double A side. I'm like, how did how, how did you know I was going to ask? But it's with Scar Train. Okay. Well, they're like kind of two completely different songs. Like, hey, DJ, I can't dance to that music and Scar Train. Because Scar Train is just a bit of noise and they just go, what? And Scar Train every now and then. 
but the hey dj one like it you know it is a lot of sound and now obviously you've said house like house is a lot of sound um it's a lot of noise and blaring and bassy but it had some redeeming parts it had some bits that you could really get into so they were quite different for a double a and then 1992 don't know what it is about you got to number 43 okay well, they've got a nice voice in that one so that's what i mean like that one yeah didn't say that's featuring anyone so i don't know who was on that and that was maybe it had someone they didn't weren't you know i mean betty boo and the cookie crew went on to be bigger they introduced so they them. and again a bit like own. clean bandit do with jesse glynn and others yeah Beat um, masters were were like that, right? Okay, but yeah, that that don't know what it is about you has a focus on a woman, so I don't know who oh, right. it was, oh, but that's right. the video that had the, it was just on this one woman, so I don't know. Okay, so that concludes the six bands, groups, noise that you had this producers. week. Um, yeah, producers. Dancers, hip hoppers, great <laughs> dancers, of, I don't know. Pioneers um, of things. So yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> pioneer week. So hit or miss now, really. So we'll okay. start with Art of Noise. Error miss, Dad. They, they weren't going they were. anywhere with me <laughs> at all. <laughs> okay. Break machine. Also a miss. Uh-huh. I do like, like, I don't know, like I do... They're all right, but I wouldn't yeah. necessarily go back. They're not the best that I've heard. Uh, so, no, they're, they're a mess. Like, I wouldn't really go back. I wouldn't necessarily skip them if they came up, but I'd have to be in the mood, I think. Like, they're not right. They're not really for me. Yeah. Um, Ollie and Jerry. Uh, another mess I wouldn't go back there and now especially now I know so I was really annoyed at myself that I didn't explore them more and like do what I do with ones that went you know like when you give me one and find out but yeah. it's like I'm glad I didn't because while we were on I found out they literally are one hit wonder so yeah, I wouldn't have got are, anything yes. anyway didn't even have an album no so there's nothing for me to really explore many people that don't even have an album no so, you know, especially when you've had a big kit like they yeah do. um so yeah so. Um, we've got a fuzz box and we're going to use it. <laughs> They're a hit. Fuzz box. They're yeah. a hit. Yeah, I liked them. And uh-huh. their music, like, they're definitely uh, listened to more, like more, it comes more catchy. Like, I kind of get in the tune of it a bit more than when I first listened. Run DMC. They're a hit too. But I already knew them as well. So. Yeah. Okay. And Beatmasters. I like some of their songs, but I don't like all of them. And I don't know whether they're, be- they're not ones that I'd go back to. Like, I'm not really a house person. And it is a lot of sound rather than body to it with the singing. Like I say, I just don't get people that just want to listen to instrumentals. So that's why they're also missing me. Like, I'm not one that will just listen to a bit of noise. Okay. I'm not so a raver. Two hits this week. Yeah, that's why I said it was a bit of an, an off week. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting great things. It's not my kind of music, but as we've said, I will introduce mm. you to all because yeah. you may not, you might like it. Mm. 
I mean, there is songs that, you know, like when I play my playlist if, and I put it on shuffle, if they come on, then I'm not going to skip them, but I wouldn't yeah. necessarily go out and listen to more myself. Yeah. Certainly wouldn't go out and buy their album. Definitely not, no. no. So. Not that Ollie and Jerry had one, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so, are you ready for episode 18? Yes. Okay. Five star. Okay. Fine young cannibals. Not heard of them either. My tie. Like the cocktail. <laughs> Starship. No. The barge. No. And cocktoo twins. No. Okay, we've got a week that I've not heard of anything, which, like I've said in the past, I do quite like. Yeah. So okay. we'll see how that goes. It's a blind week then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I will get those songs off to you. Mm-hmm. For those six groups for next week. Yeah. And um, we shall discuss... Yeah, I'm intrigued because I do like when I don't know them. I've said that before because then it's open mind and I actually can be like whether I fully like them, can immerse myself. Okay, right. Well, that concludes this week's mm-hmm. different week, um, but probably opened your your eyes to different kinds of music that was around in the eighties and things that you probably thought as you did that weren't from the eighties. Yeah. So it, it, was, it was quite nice to learn about where it's come from, you know, like hearing about the pioneering, the female guitarists and the first people that have done hip hop or house, like, or, you know, finding out about Art and Noise, how they were a pioneer in the mixing. But yeah, so it weren't, it weren't bad in the sense of I'm talking to you, I've enjoyed that, but the listening, probably not as much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. On that note, I will say goodbye and I will get Mm -hmm. these songs over to you. Yeah, and I'll speak to you next week. You will. Okay, bye. Bye.